Dylan Cruz has won Carolina League Player of the Week in his first week in minor league baseball. Let me tell you why Dylan Cruz is going to cruise through the minors. You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thank you for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every day as we are free and available wherever you get your podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Clary. You can catch me over on Twitter at RyanClary11 as well as the show page at LO underscore Nationals. Get your all of your latest Nationals news and notes right then and there and as well as instant reactions during the game because, you know, these scrappy Nats, we never give up. You never know what you will miss. Later on in today's program, the Red Sox, the Boston Red Sox, are coming up to Washington, D.C., or coming down to Washington, D.C., whatever it may be. They'll be coming up, and we're going to preview that series a little bit later on as we have a three-game set Tuesday through Thursday starting tonight. We'll preview that a little bit later on. Also in the second segment, I don't know if people have noticed, but the Nationals, throughout the duration of the rest of this season, the next month and a half, There is not a single team in baseball that has a harder schedule than the Washington Nationals. We'll talk about that and really kind of what I want to see moving forward with this team. And we'll talk about those opponents because some of them are very, very good. We'll discuss that later on. But first and foremost, let's talk about our guy, the potential face of the organization, Dylan Cruz, who right now, as of today, as of yesterday, won Carolina League player of the week. And you may ask, Ryan, how did he already won that? He's played eight games. In his first full week in the Carolina League, low A, Fredericksburg, he has already won player of the week. And it's because the numbers that he just put up in those six game stretch were out of this world. He batted 415. He had three home runs, 14 RBIs, two doubles, and an OPS of a 1262. And as of right now, Over the course of this season, in eight games with Fredericksburg, well, you may ask yourself, how has he looked? He's batting 333, he's getting on base at a 38% rate, and he has a 692 slug. That is a 1073 on base plus slugging so far for Dylan Cruz. Listen, Dylan Cruz at this moment in time, it's not even a debate. He is the best player in low A across the board, across the board. The 21-year-old and what he has done, the second overall pick in this last year's draft, he's proven that he's worth all the hype that this Nationals team has put on him, that this organization, that this fan base, that all the national media credentialed members have put on Dylan Cruz. This guy is going to fly through the minor leagues. It just is. I am willing to bet as we sit here today, August 15th, in the morning, Dylan Cruz will not be in Fredericksburg come this time next week. At this moment, I would fully expect Dylan Cruz to move through low A because at this moment, what is it really doing for his development? While, yes, it's nice to get his feet wet and learn the organization and climb up his own way. But we talked about this once we drafted him. He's going to be a quick riser. 
And you want to be able to have this guy go up against some of the top-notch talent. And as far as you get up in the minor leagues, as long as you keep on rising per level, it's going to get better. The competition will be a little bit better. Because as we kind of acknowledged over this summer, the SEC, the best baseball conference, the best sports conference in all of the world, that talent right there might even be a little bit better than low A. It might be around par there, but even then, Dylan Cruz, we already know what he did in college. What he did in college, well, it earned him the Golden Spikes winner and the MVP of the college season because this past year he batted 426 and had a 1280 OPS. He added 18 home runs as well, 70 RBIs, and all of that in 71 games. Dylan Cruz is more than likely to just jump ship and go, go to Wilmington. Now, some people, including myself, may say, eh, Wilmington, that really hard-hitting ballpark that you can't really get the slugging numbers that statistically over the years have been bad. But Brady House, James Wood, your organization's two of your top three prospects, another top 10 prospect in all of baseball. They went into Wilmington, they had no issue. They got moved up real quick. That's kind of what I'm expecting as far as Dylan Cruz goes, because what this kid has done, let me just reiterate this thought. It's unbelievable what the type of talent that Dylan Cruz is. And immediately as you enter this system, the Nationals have two of the top three outfielding prospects in all of baseball. One with probably the highest floor as far as any prospects go outside of Jackson Holiday. That's Dylan Cruz, in my opinion. Someone who, at this moment in time, you can't help but look at him and say, he's going to be an all-star someday. He's going to be an MVP candidate someday. And then on the other hand, you have this huge ceiling but low floor with James Wood. Someone who has shown all the power in the world. Someone who continues to hit the crap out of the baseball. He did it in Wilmington, in which teams and players in particular have never hit for power there. James Wood did that at 20 years old. And James Wood is doing that now at AA Harrisburg as well. But back to the Dylan Cruz front of this, is it really going to help his development, sticking him down in low A if he's just going to kill the snot out of the baseball? In my opinion, it won't. You got to run this guy up the ladder. You got to get him going. You have to get him up in high A Wilmington. Because at this time next year, he's going to be in the majors, in my opinion barring any injuries or any major setbacks of any site. But at this time, you can't tell me that Dylan Cruz is not a big league bat at this moment in time. You could pluck him in today's lineup, and I bet he'd get a hit against the Boston Red Sox. That is the kind of prospect that Dylan Cruz is. And if this guy was a first-round pick back in college or back out of high school, there's no doubt in my mind that he would already up and be in the big leagues and thriving. That's how good Dylan Cruz is. And as we continue to see more from him, it's the more you just feel comfortable and safe about this pick, something that this Nationals team has needed over the years. So as Dylan Cruz wins Carolina League Player of the Week for low A Fredericksburg, and which wasn't all that surprising considering just what he has done, going five for five the other night on Sunday. Dylan Cruz is here, man, and it's going to be a fun ride to say the least but I want to also want to highlight Yohandi Morales the second round pick of this 2023 draft and Yo-Yo a top 20 prospect 
in the MLB draft, fell the Nationals in the second round in what was what seems like a match made in heaven because what he has done so far in Fredericksburg, you may ask, well, he's hit the crap out of the baseball as well. In 12 games in Fredericksburg, he's already got six doubles. He's got a triple. He has eight RBIs. He has seven walks, 12 strikeouts. He's batting 350 with a 941 OPS. Yo-Yo Morales is in the same conversation as far as Dylan Cruz go. Now, while he's not going to be in the majors at this time next year, he won't. He's going to take a little bit more time to develop, and I would look to see with Yo-Yo early in 2025, maybe late time next year, depending on how the season's going. But Yo-Yo Morales, while we haven't seen the huge power yet, we haven't really seen his first home run down in the minor leagues as well. But you see the numbers already. Because this guy is a power bat. He hit 20 home runs in 61 games for the University of Miami this past spring. He's going to have that power as well, and it will translate into the minors. We just haven't seen that portion of his game yet. But you already see the impact of a bat that he has because the slept-on factor with Yo-Yo Morales, while he did strike out 55 times in 61 games, that is a lot for a college guy. But beyond that factor, he still batted over 400. This is still a legit bat. And as we see now, batting 350 in 12 games, it's a small sample size, but he's got a 510 slug. He's getting on base at a 43% rate. That is legit numbers for no matter what subject that you're looking at, no matter what type of prospect that you look at. Yes, he was a second round pick, but still, don't forget Yo Yo Morales because hand up, I like to talk about Dylan Cruz a lot. But don't sleep on Yo-Yo Morales and his really projection for being a power bat up in the majors because there's no doubt in my mind that Dylan Cruz and Yo-Yo Morales are two of the most intriguing prospects that this Nationals team has. And as of right now, it's not going to be for long, but they're both in Fredericksburg. You got to get out there. You got to see them both because both of these guys could be huge impact kind of players for the Nationals down the road. And again, do not sleep on Yohandi Morales and what this guy has done so far down in Fredericksburg as well. It's just enlightening stuff that you love to see for this rebuilding Washington Nationals team. Thank you guys for making Locked On Nats your first listen every day. The Nationals play the Boston Red Sox tonight, and you can catch every pitch of the Nationals hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Nationals there. We're going to preview the second really month and a half, not second, the month and a half left of the season because the Nationals, they have the hardest schedule in Major League Baseball. What do we want to see from this team moving forward? Is it wins? Is it losses? Are we back in the tank column? What do we want to see moving on forward? Because I'll tell you guys who we're playing and why it scares me. But before we do that, I got to tell you guys about our friends over at I bought a, and are you picking up burgers and hot dogs for a summer barbecue? Because you know, you're already doing it. So why not get cash back for it? And that is with our friends at Ibotta. It's officially summer and a new season means new clothes. Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery or shopping items from produce to personal care to pantry goods. So you can make sure you're beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing. Either link your loyalty account or upload your receipt after you shop and you get your cash back. It's just that easy. The average Ibotta user earns $120 
per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, or you could use your cash back to buy that flight you've been eyeing, that game you're dying to go to, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta using the code MLB when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app and use code MLB. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use code MLB again. Use code MLB. Now let's preview this second half of the season for the Washington Nationals as, again, they're getting ready to take on the Boston Red Sox tonight. And there's no doubt in my mind that this Nationals team, they got the toughest schedule coming up for the rest of this season. When you see some of these names on these lists, it's going to be a lot of playoff teams. It's going to be a lot of teams with heavy pitching. There's also a few games in there and a few series in there as well that you're looking at and you say, well, the Nationals can take some of these. And they can't because, as we know, this Nationals team doesn't just roll over on their belly and get their tummy scratch. It's not that easy with this team. They play hard ball. They've been pitching well lately. The bullpen has looked a lot better. And as we know, the Washington Nationals and the Scrappy Nats, they're two different entities. Over the last month or so, we've seen the Scrappy Nats, and they don't roll over easily. This is a team that can compete with the best of them when they are on when they are doing all the jobs that they need to do, when they have good defense, when you're getting on base, when you're having some power guys come up in big situations, see Kiber Ruiz, Joey Manessis, Lane Thomas, Dominic Smith even at times. That is the scrappy Nats, and this is what I hope to see going forward because this schedule is not easy, and I think it will tell a lot about this youth movement with this Nationals team. Going up against... Let me just list the teams that we're going up against over the next few weeks or so. Start off today going up at home against the Red Sox. Then you're home against the Philadelphia Phillies. Then you're at the Yankees, at Miami, versus Toronto, versus Miami, versus the Mets, versus the Dodgers, at Pittsburgh, at Milwaukee, versus the Chicago White Sox, versus Atlanta. And then you wrap up at Baltimore and as well as at Atlanta. Listen. There are a few teams on here that stick out to you like the White Sox or maybe the Mets and the Pirates that you want to play, and that is right. But the rest of the teams that you play, those are all postseason contending teams ramping up for that October surge. And some teams like Milwaukee and Baltimore, all these different teams and Philly are fighting for playoff placement, meaning they're trying to win the NL East, trying to win their division, or whatever it may be, trying to get that number one wild card spot. Who really knows up at this moment in time? We still have a month and a half left of this season. But this Nationals team, you're going to learn a lot about these guys. And in particular, you're going to learn a lot about the young guys because some people, including myself, have kind of been a little skeptical on the fact that the Nationals could call up James Wood. At this moment in time, I feel like they should, and they probably could call up James Wood for a September time. But this Nationals youth movement is going to be on the rise. You're going to see a lot of youth and a lot of immaturity from these players because of the fact that you're going to be going up against teams that are filled with postseason success like the Phillies, like the Dodgers, like other teams in there as well. The Red Sox tonight, while some people still believe that they're fraudulent, they're still a good baseball team, and they've been hot recently as well. And you're not going up against 
some nothing pitchers. We'll preview that series a little bit later on, but Chris Sale. Now, while he's been injured, while he's had tough stretches over the season, it's still Chris Sale, and you still got to go up against him. But as we said, you're going to learn a lot about this Nationals team. And I look upon guys like C.J. Abrams and Kiber Ruiz, two of the hottest bats in the second half in this season for the Nationals. I look at those two guys as kind of the foundation of this team, of the offensive side of things. I need to see just what they can do with their backs against the wall. Now, while these guys in particular, CJ and as well as Kiber Ruiz, they really have nothing to lose going up against these guys. And some teams they haven't even faced, like the Yankees, the Blue Jays, the Brewers, I believe, the White Sox. These are teams that they haven't even competed against yet. But you have these opportunities right in front of you. I think this will tell us a lot about these young guys and what they're made of. Because one thing stuck out to me in particular. C.J. Abrams in spring training. Now, at that moment in time, we are projected to have the least amount of wins in all of baseball. And it wasn't even close, to be quite honest. C.J. Abrams, I remember him saying this, and it stuck with me. We want to win. Now, you may say, well, yeah, of course they want to win. They're competitive athletes. They do this thing for a living. They want to win. But that stuck out to me. Because not only was this a 22-year-old first-time starting shortstop entering his first full season in the major leagues, that kind of showed me that he has a little bit more of a voice in this clubhouse than I think a lot of people realize. And as the season has gone on, you've seen plenty of different things that has shown you as to why C.J. Abrams is that clubhouse guy. One, he's out there every day. He hasn't been hurt. He hasn't been dinged up. He's missed a few games here and there. He struggled early on in the season. But with that adversity at 22 years old, he has still found a way to climb his way back and really get into the thick of it as far as some of the better shortstops in the National League goes. Because there's no denying this fact. C.J. Abrams has been a completely different hitter since getting up at that leadoff spot, giving him the confidence. And the defense has taken a turn as a whole as well. So you look at these guys, C.J. Abrams and Kiber Ruiz, I want to see the young guys and how they do against these better pitching staffs than what we have been facing recently, because let's just call it as it is. The Oakland A's, while this last weekend was incredible, it was incredible. The walk-off home run with that Key Bear hit, awesome. Sunday, a little bit of a fluke win, but it happens in baseball, it happens to the best of teams, and it certainly happens to the worst of teams, as we saw in Sunday's contest with an error that led to the game being tied and then Jeter Downs hitting in the game-winning hit. But this Nationals team, they got nothing to lose in this next month and a half. And then even concentrating on the pitching part of this, Mackenzie Gore, we've always kind of thought of him, or at least I have, I won't speak for you. I've always kind of thought that Mackenzie Gore will take that big game role, the guy that you're going to want to see out there come Game 7 of the World Series kind of that Max Scherzer intensity type of guy. That's what I see with Mackenzie Gore. So I think when you're talking about Gore in particular, going up against teams like the Dodgers or the Brewers or the Braves, the Orioles, the Yankees in Yankee Stadium, I'm intrigued to see what Mackenzie can do in those situations. Very intrigued, in fact. Because this is the time to kind of prove, this is your postseason in a sense. 
The Nationals aren't making it to October. We know that. But this is their postseason. Because not only do you have the opportunity to play these teams who are actually going to be in the October hunt and will be doing, and some of these teams will keep competing for a World Series, because I can tell you this, facing the teams like the Phillies and the Marlins even, shocker, I know, Dodgers, Brewers, Atlanta, Baltimore, one of those teams will win the World Series in my mind. And Atlanta and Baltimore and the Dodgers, those are the three teams that stick out to me. While the Yankees, they are certainly not the Yankees of the last few years. They've been a complete train wreck and a disappointment. Playing at Yankee Stadium is still tough. The Bronx Zoo is not an easy place to play. So seeing Mackenzie Gore and as well as Josiah Gray and Jake Irvin, these are the things that I'll be watching. These young guys will have their backs against the wall going up against these postseason contending teams. What will they do now? We'll just have to find out as this team goes on. But if we've seen anything like we have seen over the last few months here with this Nationals team, I expect them to compete and compete every single game, no matter who's out there, no matter if Trevor Williams gives up 10 earned runs in two innings or whatever it may be. That's what I expect from this Nationals team from now on out. And I think that's the expectation. That's what it should be, in fact, even after trading away Candelario. This team has not really winked a bit. And I expect that going forward, and I think you should as well. Thank you for making Locked On Nats your first listen every day. The Nationals play the Red Sox tonight at 7.05 Eastern Time. You can catch every pitch of the Nationals' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Nationals there. Before we get into previewing this Red Sox series as well, I also want to talk about uh, something over this weekend that was uh, made public by John Heyman as well as Rob Manfred. You may think to yourself, Ryan, are you going to take a dump on Manfred? No. In fact, I think Manfred deserves a little bit of a pat on the back. I'll tell you what I mean by that. But before we do that, I got to tell you guys about our friends over at FanDuel. And guys, FanDuel football season is about to kick off and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long because right now when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl and you'll get bonus bets for every victory. You can use your bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, and much, much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sports book. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to start with our friends today. FanDuel slash locked on. Start it today. And now let's get back into it as before we preview this Red Sox National Series, I saw John Heyman yesterday report that MLB attendance at this moment in time, at yesterday, in fact, August 14th, as of yesterday, baseball attendance is up by nine plus percent from this time last year. Now, what is different? Is there any more exciting players? You look at Ellie De La Cruz and what that Cincinnati Reds team has done. They're an exciting team. They have a bunch of young guys. Fernando Tatis is back from injury slash suspension. He's back. The Padres are fun. They sell out every single night. The Dodgers, they sell out every single night as well. You look around baseball, not really much has changed. 
We've had exciting talent before come up through the majors. And really over the last few years, we've seen that exciting talent come up at a way faster rate than we've ever seen. But what is different? What's different is these new rules. Now, while hand up me, I'm the guy that I'm talking about. For the people out there, again, me, who thought these new rules would not help baseball, me, you were all wrong. I was wrong. We were wrong. This has helped grow the sport in which, in a way, I can't really even expect to fathom. I can't even wrap my head around it. Because in my opinion, the the argument that I've been making for so long was that you're not going to switch someone's mind on watching baseball. I think if you're a baseball fan, you will continue to be a baseball fan no matter what. I didn't think these new rules would say, yeah, I'm going to start being a baseball fan for maybe the casual people who catch a few games here and there. I didn't really think it would grow like this. I truly did not. But I think on the other hand, the argument that I always made, and maybe you made at home, I think the argument was, well, you either like baseball or not. Some people would say it's too slow of a game. I just think that's more of a a bad, kind of not well thought opinion. I think back when I was talking about these new rules over the winter, What I said was, well, what's 30 minutes going to do for someone? If it cuts down the game time to two and a half hours rather than a three-hour game, what is that going to do? What will that do? Will that really make a huge difference? Because the whole thing was when you have games starting at 7 o'clock at night and they're ending at 10 o'clock at night for the people who have kids, for the people who have lives to do, have to get up in the morning, that don't just have to blabber their lips all day and talk about this national scene. They have to go home get ready for work the next day. Well, on the other hand, I guess it has helped in which a way I still can't understand it. I didn't really think a 30, 20 minute difference would make that big of an effect on this really renaissance that major league baseball has had this season. But Rob Manfred was right. You got to give him credit where credit is due. And again, I'm not a Rob Manfred guy. He, I think the Oakland A situation he's handled horribly horribly, in fact, but he's done well with this. And I think that's something that you can't really take for granted when talking about this Nationals team. But tonight, the Red Sox are taking on the Washington Nationals, and which, by the way, another really cool thing. You get to see American League teams in National League ballparks every single year, and it's vice versa as well. National League teams in American League ball clubs, I think that's great. It's awesome for the game. Some people may not like that portion of this where – the rarity factor of seeing these teams once every few years. But I like playing them every single year because you got a good team like the Boston Red Sox coming in tonight with Nick Pavetta on the bump against our our guy, Josiah Gray. It is a gray day for the Nationals. Going up against this Red Sox lineup again, they have some sneaky talent on this field. A team that has kind of flown under the radar because they're not the flashy, sexy team like the Rays and the Orioles, and as well as the Yankees, because everyone likes to talk about the Yankees and what they do, and even the Blue Jays. This team has kind of been a sleeping giant, and as they continue to climb up that postseason race, they need to come in, and they need to win games. So this Nationals team, it's not going to be an easy one for them. It won't. This Boston Red Sox team, they got to win games, and they got to win them quick. 
So we'll just have to see what this Nationals team does. But Josiah Gray, I like our chances. In fact, I'm predicting a win. Josiah Gray will do well tonight because that's what Josiah Gray does. The Nationals play the Red Sox tonight at 7.05 Eastern Time. Catch every pitch of the Nationals' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Nationals there. We'll see about tonight's game against those Red Sox. We'll talk about it on tomorrow's Locked On Nationals and much, much more. Please beat the Red Sox. And as well, Boston fans, stay up in Boston. How about that? I'll catch you on the flip side.